Good morning, church. Thanks for joining us this morning. Please stand with me if you're able, and we'll come together and worship God through song. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Lift up your banner, let the anthems ring. Praises to our King. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Lift up your banner, let the anthems ring. Praises to our King. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is He. Good morning. Well, that was a little delayed. Let's try this again. Good morning. good morning. Oh, that was so much better. And good morning online to you as well. We are so glad that you are with us today to worship. So glad that you are in God's house this morning. Um, a few announcements we have this morning is we still have our share the bounty. And that is just outside the foyer. There's a little room off of it. And help yourself after church to any of our produce that our members have brought in that you can enjoy. Um, there is lots of things out there. Please go after church and get something. You can have it for lunch on Sunday. It'll be great. Um, the next thing is the um, there is a class tonight at 6 p.m. in the Activity Center, um, the Chosen Study. So please, if you'd like to be a part of that, join us tonight. Wednesday night is our prayer and share at 6.30, if you'd like to join us as well. That's a great time to be together to um, share with each other. Thursday, August 31st, we are volunteering at the Carlinville Food Pantry. And that is from 9 to 11. If you would like to help with that, I know that would be great, greatly appreciated. If you have any questions about how you can volunteer at the food pantry, you can see Charlie or Jeanette Baker um, they are faithful to be there for our church, and so please see them. We'd like any help we can get at the food pantry. With that being said, I'm not going to, I don't have any more announcements, so I'm not going to keep standing up here. Um, our deacon this week um, is Vic Petum, and I'm going to take the mic to him. Let's as we pray. Father, as we join together to give you praise, to seek your face, Father, to um, hear your voice and your Holy Spirit moving in us. Lord, as we worship you, help us to uh, clear our hearts, clear our minds, Father, from every other thing that we might hear what you want to say to us. I pray, Father, for those who are online with us, as well as everyone who's here, ones who are at home not able to be here, and ask, Father, for your uh, grace and mercy to cover each one. And through the, <clears throat> through the coming days, may your spirit work in us and through us to accomplish your purposes. And Lord, be with our pastor as he speaks to us this morning and speaks for you. May your words come through him, Father, to our hearts, to our lives, that we might follow you more closely and complete your will more closely. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, please stand with me once again. We'll come together and worship through song.
He became sin who knew no sin that we might become His righteousness. He humbled Himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing. Love so amazing. Jesus Messiah. Name above all names. Blessed Sunset's free, 
I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And this morning, as we walk through the book of Proverbs, I want you to know that you are a child of God, too. That's the invitation. If you are not a child of God, let's make that happen today. Even as we walk through, we're in Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, we, we, at this rate, we'll be in Proverbs in 2027. You know what? Because I say that because right now we're in the bigger chunks of Proverbs. Eventually, we'll get to like one verse things, right? And that's the context of it. But we're in Proverbs chapter 1, and I've titled this series Wisdom for Today because what I want us to understand is the, the writer of Proverbs. Matter of fact, when we looked in chapter 1, it starts out with the Proverbs of Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man. God gave him Proverbs. And we, we like to think that something written that long ago is outdated. I mean, it's just how, how we work, right? Uh, how many of you want to be transported around like Solomon was? That means you're going to need like some nice friends or like a horse, okay? And, and, and just, just kind of thing like that. Uh, you know, he lived in a day without smartphones, without tablets, without electricity, without, without Wi-Fi, without Internet. Without, he lived all, outside of all of those things. He couldn't buy, you know, maybe he could, Okay. But, but uh, the wisdom that we're going to look at is still relevant. That's what I want us to understand. The wisdom is still relevant. So here's what, how I want us to think about Proverbs and as we look through that. It is faith applied to everyday attitudes, activities, and relationships. So how many of you have everyday activities? How many of you have everyday attitudes? How many have everyday relationships, right? You, you're around people, right? So this book is for us. How do we live that out as a follower of Christ? How do we live that, how do we live that out, okay? I could use help. <clears throat> you can say yes, okay, with all of those things, right? So I suspect you could use a little help. Maybe not as much as me, but you could use a little help with your everyday activities, attitudes, and relationships. So that's why we're in the book of Proverbs. So here, we, we, our world is a mess, right? I open, up the, you know, I open up the news and it's like, I need a motorcycle ride again, okay? <clears throat> because it's not, it's not good. But what happens is people are not living with the biblical worldview. You know, this is what Proverbs does. It looks at life through the lens of a relationship with Jesus. Okay, a biblical worldview. That's how we frame everything. How would Christ want us to, to live out our life? And, and what happens is people are not living out their life that way, right? They're looking through strictly a worldview absent of a relationship with Christ, absent of an understanding of the Bible. And I'll tell you what, sometimes... We get guilty of that. We go about our daily life, and we take God out of the equation. We take the Bible out of the equation, and pretty soon we find ourselves in a mess, and the, the Scripture alludes to that. So skip the next slide, because I apparently didn't take that out. Skip the next slide. Okay, we're in the wrong sermon. <laughs> Sorry. Everything is good. There we go. Thank you. Isn't it great to have help when you, when you, you know, to, to help, to make you look good, okay? Gage back there, boom, we got this fixed, okay? Love it. So, in the passage that we're going to look at, starting in the 20th verse to the end of the first chapter, wisdom is personified. What do I mean by that? So, if you're like, like really literary and remember those things. Uh, I, like I had a seventh grade class where all we had to do was show up and read a book and then write about it, that we read it and put it in a thing. Uh, it was one of the classes I did, I did okay in. Um, you know, and that, that was pretty much it. One of the stories I remember about a ship, and it, every, everything had a voice in the ship. But rather than, because I forgot the name of the book, let me relate to something that you can understand. How many of you are aware of the Cars movie? Okay. How, like it or not, okay? I didn't say you had to watch it, okay? But you know cars exist, right? How many of you are aware of the Transformer movie series, right? And I'm not asking if you got one, okay? 
But, but here's the deal. You understand it, right? That's what personification is. When the car talks, when Mater, the tow truck, right? Did I get that right? When Mater talks, it's a talking tow truck. Tow trucks don't talk. They've got sirens, but they don't talk. So when we see a movie like that, it is personification. That, that vehicle now, that car takes on, the, on a life. It has a voice, it has emotions, etc. Same thing with Transformers. The thing unfolds itself and all of a sudden it talks, right? Kind of strange, but it talks, right? Bumblebee talks, right? So, so we get that. So in this proverb, God was at it long before Disney ever came around. Okay? Understand. And so what he wants us to understand is wisdom. Because when we think of the term wisdom, it's one of those, it's one of those terms, and it's hard to embody what wisdom is. But in this passage, the writer of, of Proverbs, Solomon, God gave Solomon the personification of wisdom so that we can understand it. So as we read through here, wisdom is a person. Might, might be like a prophet, right? But wisdom is a person. And we're going to read that, read that with that in mind as we hit, hit the 20th verse here. Wisdom, the personification, shouts in the street. It is a female voice. She lifts her voice in the square. At the head of the noisy street, she cries out. At the entrance of the gates in the city, she utters her sayings. How long, O oh naive ones, will you love being simply-minded? And scoffers delight themselves in scoffing, and fools hate knowledge. Turn to my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my Spirit on you. I will make my words known to you, because I called and you refused. I stretched out my hand, and no one paid attention. And you neglected all my counsel and did not want my reproof. I will also laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your dread comes. When, the dread, when your dread comes like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would not accept my counsel. They spurned my reproof. So they shall eat of the fruit of their own way and be satisfied, saturated, excuse me, satiated with their own devices. For the waywardness of the naive will kill them and the complacency of the fools will destroy them. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will, not be, and will be at ease from the dread of evil. We'll come back to that verse in just a moment. So when we start out there, <clears throat> excuse me, when we start out in the 20th verse, wisdom shouts. She shouts in the, in the streets, right? Wisdom shouts. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about the, what, what, what gets described to us here. Wisdom shouts in the streets, in the square above the noise, at the entrance of the gates where people are gathered together. When we were over in Israel, we stood at some of the old gates, and that's where business was conducted. That's where people gathered around. It was the early cafe, right, of the town. They all gathered there together, and they would discuss things. And wisdom, wisdom shouts in all of those places. Wisdom is there. Now, what does that mean for you? And I loved this this kind of a revelation to me to consider. When we think of wisdom, oftentimes we think of higher learning. And when we think of higher learning, have you checked out the cost of higher learning, right? And it, it, higher learning is reserved for a particular time in life, and it is condensed down to four years. You extend it another couple years, and go for your doctorate, you put another year on top of that, or two years, or whatever on top of that. But it, it is in a time frame. Understand this. When Solomon describes wisdom shouting on the street, it is where everybody lives. It's not something reserved in some 
university. It's not reserved on the top shelf of some library someplace that you can't get into because you don't have the money. It's out there for everybody. So it's shouting on the streets. Reminds me of I'm, as, I'm, as I'm thinking about this, as I'm trying to visualize the wisdom out there shouting on the streets. There's, a, there's an old gospel artist back in the, er, the late 20s, early 30s. A guy by the name of Blind Willie Johnson. His, his music ended up in space. Just, you know. But he, Blind Willie Johnson, they used to take him out to the street. And, and, and he played his guitar out and sang on the street. Now, if you pick up and listen to some of his music, you're going to go... He's got a rough voice because most of the time the recordings are rather gravelly, right? It's just a, it's a rough voice. But here's the thing that, that caught my attention when I, when, I try, when I read a little bit about Blind Willie Johnson. It told me why he, why he sounded that way. Why did he sound that way? Because he needed to be heard above all of the noise of the early industrialized United States in the cities, passing by. You know, when you walk someplace, do you walk two steps and stop to see what somebody's going to say to you? You just keep on walking. The only time you stop is when somebody catches your attention. He is a street preacher with a guitar. And so as he's on the street, he's trying to gain their attention, and that's why he sounded like he sounded. So people would stop and he could shout the message out about what God was doing. And the judgment of God is one of the messages that carries on. So when I think of wisdom, wisdom is out there shouting where the everyday people live, where the you and I live. The wisdom that God has is for us. No matter how educated we are. No matter our social status. No matter our, you know, no, whatever it might be. God offers his wisdom to all of us. It is a wisdom that's not going to help you make the next computer chip. It's a wisdom that's going to help you live your life out as God would have you live it out in this world. Being a light. Now, God may bless you with some of the other stuff, right? But his, his message of wisdom is for your everyday activities, attitudes, and relationships. And so he wants that. He wants us to be a light to the world. And so he wants us to listen. He sends the wisdom to shout it out, to get our attention. Now, in this passage of Scripture, it's interesting because wisdom says, How long? How long? We've personified wisdom. And wisdom says, How long? How many of you know when you're getting ignored? How many of you have ever heard those, those fateful words? Are you listening? And that's exactly what the personification of wisdom is saying to the people. How long will you ignore me? And then it calls out three groups. It calls out the naive Depending on the version, it calls them simple or simpletons. Those are not compliments, by the way. Just so you know. If somebody comes up and says, oh, you're a, I, you're a simpleton. It's not really usually meant as a compliment. Naive is not meant as a compliment in this passage of Scripture. It means, you know, you know all, all these levels need wisdom. And for whatever reason... They just don't understand. The naive don't understand they need the wisdom. Then the, the scoffers or the cynics are the ones that hear the wisdom and say, it's, it's not for me. And then the fools hear it, know it, but they don't do anything with it, as alluded to in the last, where they, their complacency. You see, so he addresses, God addresses through Solomon the different levels of, of ignoring wisdom. So, the wise, I want to be wise, right? The wise listens to wisdom. The fool, the naive, or the scoffer pushes away and ignores wisdom. Now, the invite from wisdom is to turn. 
Okay, turn to my reproof. Turn to my reproof. Respond to my warning. I loved this way of looking at it. I don't forget which version it was. But the idea that, Scott, the, the, the idea that wisdom says to us, come and listen. It's that invite to sit down. Pull up a chair at the table. Let's take some time to understand wisdom, to listen to what God has to offer to us so that we can live our life as God would intend us to live. Because when we try to live life on our own, that doesn't turn out so good. So here's that invite. Would you like to get it fixed? Would you like for life to be a little bit better? Would you like, would you like for the anxiety to go away? Would you like for the, um, the ramifications of foolish decisions to, to be eradicated because now you're starting to make wise decisions? It's that invite. I, I'm going to sit down at this table, and I want to invite you to pull out the chair on the other side and sit down and let me speak to you. And what wisdom says, love this. It's that invite to come. That's it, that invite from God. I remember, and I'll, I'll, I'll chase a little rabbit. But I remember Gene Ellis, our pastor, he loved to use Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It was that God wants to be in our life. God wants to be in your life. Jesus wants to be in your life. And so when I come to this passage where wisdom says, come and listen, turn to my reproof, respond to my warning, it's that invite that God extended here, and he continues to extend even today to those who, 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 who don't know they need Jesus, to those that, that think they don't need Jesus, to those that just walk away. He is calling and inviting us. To come to him. Come and listen and sit down. And, and here's what, what wisdom says. If you'll come and sit down, if you'll respond, if you'll sit in that chair, I will pour out my spirit on you. Pour out my spirit. I'll, I will teach you. Do you, do you realize the, 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 the fullness of what what wisdom just said? Wisdom, God, has time for you. You think your life's busy? How much are you in control of? Read the end of Job, right? Start in verse 38. See what you're in control of. Then compare it to what God's in control of. And yet here in this, God invites you to sit down and listen the God of the universe, which has to make sure every star twinkles when it's supposed to twinkle. Every raindrop falls when it's supposed to. That's the God who has time for you. Says, come and listen. And if you'll do that, I will pour my spirit out on you. I will teach you. There's not an invitation that compares to this. You see... As we're reading through Proverbs chapter 1, the wisdom is to pursue wisdom. We've not yet touched on, on particular subjects, not much, not like we will as we walk through here. But this is still that, the first Sunday I got up here with the box, you know, the box, if you're going to buy something, it, it, it tells you why you want this thing, right? The advertisement, this is why you want this. This is all of the things that, that it has. This is all of the, uh, the, the, the neat stuff. This is the, what attracts you to this. Because there's a fight for you, for your heart, for your brain, for your soul, God is taking the time to let you know why you want to sit down and listen. It's that invite in to do that, to, to pursue wisdom. I will teach you. Back in the first, it started in the second, the third, and the fourth verses. This is what wisdom will do. Wisdom will teach you to know, to know learning, 
wisdom and instruction or discipline. Wisdom will teach you to discern or understand the sayings. Wisdom will teach you to receive instructions and wise behavior and righteousness. All the things that we need. You know, as at, at, years ago as a new believer, what do I do? I, I, they, I, I get baptized, but now what do I do? Because my life's, you know, when, when I stand up here, we're going we're gonna to baptize next Sunday morning. So just keep that in mind. Um, we're going to baptize. And so when we put him under the water, when Daniel goes under the water, and if everything goes right, I'll remember to bring him up, okay? And, and he's comforted by that. Um, I, it's okay, I got the wrong sermon this morning. So, so anyway, <laughs> how good that is, right? So when you put him under, it represents a death of the old life and a resurrection of the new life. And what's the new life? It's this stuff. It's to learn to receive instruction in wise behavior and, and righteousness. That's the invite for wisdom to draw us in so that we can understand and embrace a new way of life because we no longer belong to the, to the enemy of Christ. We belong to Jesus. We belong to the, the King of the universe. He loved us enough that He shed His blood, the most precious commodity in all of the universe, so that we might have salvation. And here's that invite. The devil wants to steal your soul. Jesus wants to give you life. So, what happens? What happens? You know, Personified. I don't have a chair up there. But imagine I had a chair. Okay, Working on your imagination today. The chair in wisdom has it pulled out and says, come and have a seat. What happens when you sit down? Verse 33 says this. But he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. That is a, 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 theory, that is a theory, a thought, a promise that's repeated in similar fashion. I was thinking of Psalm 100. It's also Jeremiah. Behold, he is like a, a tree by the river with its roots stretching out and in, in drought will not dread, will always bear a green leaf. That's that same kind of concept here. If we listen, if we'll sit down in that chair and listen, but he who listens to me, this is wisdom speaking, but he who listens to me shall live securely and will be at ease from the dread of evil. You know evil's coming, right? You want to be at ease? Sit down in a chair. Soak up the wisdom of God's word. Read that in. So what happens if you refuse him? Because life is about choices. We can, in, we can accept the choice, the, the invitation of wisdom to sit down and learn, or we can reject it. We can accept the invitation of Jesus to be saved, or we can reject it. So what happens when we reject wisdom? Refuse the invitation. It, it can, can ugly. Because wisdom says, when it comes your way, when trouble comes your way, and things don't go so well, you haven't paid attention. You've neglected me. And there will come a point when you all of a sudden realize, hey, wait a minute. Maybe I should have paid attention. Maybe I should have sat down in that chair. But wisdom says this. I will laugh and I will mock. When wisdom responds to our time of calamity and our time of dread, and says, I will laugh and I will mock. That's harsh. You've rejected wisdom. You've pushed away from wisdom. You've said no to wisdom. You've looked at the seat there and wisdom has invited you over and over and over again. And then when you come running because you realize that wisdom had something offered to you that you should have been paying attention to, wisdom pushes the chair back in and says, I'm going to mock and laugh at you.
we need to be careful about our choices. Because our choices have ramifications. When we pass up on something, we always, we, I, I think most of us walk by that choice to follow Jesus, that choice to sit down in a chair of wisdom and say, it will, God's a God of love. It's always going to be there. Wisdom says, when that, you've chosen to walk away from me, when that time comes, I'm going to laugh and I'm going to mock. Matter of fact, wisdom says, I will not answer. I, wisdom's got caller ID. Oh, it's Cliff. Oh, he needs me now. Let's keep talking. Aren't you going to answer it? Nope. Didn't need me before, doesn't need me now. Now he's going to have to live with his choices. He's going to have to live with his choices. Think about that. Because the Bible is filled with choices. Choices to follow. Choices to listen. Choices to live. How are we going to do that? How do we respond to what God has for us? I love the fact that wisdom is personified. That it's out in the streets for all of us. If we'll just but listen. If we'll just but listen. So, what do I, what do, I do with this? Well, obviously, you keep reading Proverbs. And you read it again. You know, you're going to have plenty of time to read Proverbs because it's going to take 2027 to get through this, right? Read it again. Read it again. Let's get it. How many of you get it? So, how, many, how many times you, you have to read the directions on something before you, 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 you get it? Right? I mean, it, it, sometimes it takes a while to sink in. I was fiddling with the, the helmet I had yesterday, and, 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 and it, it just wouldn't sink in what I needed to do. I, I'm glad it wasn't raining when I was standing out there at that point because I would have been soaked. Sometimes it takes over and over for us to get it. It's, you know, we talk about muscle memory. It's wisdom memory. So here are the action steps. In other words, what am I going to do with what we just talked about? Because it's not enough to have read it and to know it, but how do we apply it to our lives? How do we take what we just talked about this morning and then put it in a, a fashion so that when I walk out of here tomorrow, it's relevant, that I can live this out and I can apply it and think about it and, and it becomes the rock in my shoe all week long so that I, I, I work on what we just read here. How, how are you prepared for a power outage? How many of you got a generator? Right? How many of you how many how many of you got some a little bit of water? If you knew it was gonna when it gets cold this winter and there's a chance of water lines breaking and stuff like that, do you tuck some water away? Do you, you know, th those are the kind of they they in wintertime, do you guys carry a blanket in your trunk? You're supposed to. Right? Some sand, flares, things like that. Spare tire. How many got a spare tire? How many of you plan on using it? But you got it, don't you? You're prepared for something to go wrong in your life. Whatever, whatever, whatever it might be, a power outage, a flat tire, or whatever it might be. You know, Dave Ramsey, do you have like six months of, of money put away, right? Or a year, however long that, that he's asking you to do that for. You're preparing for something catastrophic, a calamity or dread to come into your life. Now, I want you to think about that. Think about all the things that you have because you're, you, you, you think something might possibly happen. Now, here's what I want you to do. Personify wisdom in your life. Personify wisdom, and I want you to compare. How much of God's Word have you taken in and lived out? How prepared are you with God's Word to live out the calamity. You've got the, you've got the spare tire. Do you have the wisdom stored away? 
so that when calamity comes your way, that, that's what wisdom is doing, right? Wisdom setting you down so you can sit there. And it, and it says you've ignored the scoffer, the naive, uh, the, the, the fool has ignored wisdom. And right now, because they don't need it, they don't need it. But wisdom knows that calamity and dread will be coming your way. And when that comes, they're not prepared. They realize they're not ready for it. They've got no spare tire. They've got no way to deal with a power outage, whatever it might be that, 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 that calamity and dread comes to in their life. So wisdom is inviting us in, not just to make us wiser, but to make us wiser to prepare for that calamity and that dread to come. And so when I'm talking about wisdom being personified, you can put your eyes on a generator. You can put your eyes on, on your spare tire. Can you put your eyes on wisdom personified in your life? Are you ready for what might come your way? That's what I'm going to ask you. Kind of take that, because we're in that building stage. We're going we're to store stuff on the shelves here in a little while, as we get to those particular things that, that Proverbs addresses for our everyday attitudes, activities, and relationships. And we're going to talk about that, but I want you to think about now what's on your shelf that's ready to be used when something bad comes your way. That's what this is about. Wisdom is invited. And if you don't have anything stored up, guess what? The invite now is to pay attention. The invite now is to come into God's Word and begin to build up the storehouse of wisdom for life and all that it brings. Adam's going to come. We're going to stand. We're going to give an invitation. In other words, I want you to be able to respond to what God is doing in your life today, in this last hour in these last couple hours in Sunday school. But I also want to invite you to respond to how God has been speaking to you all week long, all month long, maybe for three or four months. You might be wrestling with something that today might be the day that you make, need to make that decision to follow Christ, to become a believer, to follow through with baptism, to, to, um, to be a missionary whatever it might be, to pray for somebody else. That's what the invite is for. When somebody's down here praying, I want you to pray with them, not about them. And you don't have to know why they're down here praying. You don't even have to know who they are. Because when they're down here, God, God knows. And you can't answer the prayer, but God can. So we're going to invite you to stand and sing along and respond as God leads. just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Cause your name is power your name is healing your name is life break every stronghold shine through the shadows 
burn like a fire Cause your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire. Would look, join with me in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for those that are here, those that are online. Father, thank you for your word. Father, help us to walk out of here, Lord, and serve you in a way that would be pleasing to you and honoring to you. Let us be a light, Father, to those around us who, who need to hear the story of salvation, the story of your love. Father, just, Lord, for each of the people here today, for those online, Father, each of us have something that burdens us. We have something that concerns us. We have a person. And, Father, I, I know that you know the hearts and minds of all that are here. And, Father, I, hear, I pray that you would answer them, speak into that situation and, Father, that they would see your hand at work. And, Father, desire to serve you even the more. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's the readings for this week. Uh, we do a have you read here. In other words, how do we get wisdom? We read God's Word. Okay, the God, reading God's Word changes. So read that. Come back tonight for the Chosen Study. If you haven't been, it's okay. You can just sit down. We're over in the other building. We park on the side by the bank. It makes it easier to walk in. Sit down, and, and for an hour or so, we're going to watch the video together. Then we're going to discuss the video at the end. It's great. Richard leads in that. And so then Wednesday night, you're invited to come back as we again pray together. And that's important, guys, to pray together and to share what God is doing in your life, what God is sharing, teaching you throughout the week. So you glad you're here today? Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. We had visitors now to make sure they feel welcome and have a good day.